from Eden to Babel. Human beings, our first parents, have rebelled against God. God has pronounced curses on them. And to finish it off, God sends and thrusts the people out of the garden that he has made. He exiles them from Eden, from the garden. They're sent out to work the ground, to struggle against it. They're, they're in conflict now that they're going to have with each other. The, the world has fallen prey to sin has come under the curse of God because of following the, the enemy of God, the serpent. It's a terribly sad thing. But, but God doesn't send them out without first covering them. God, they, they've been trying to cover themselves with leaves. God takes the life of an animal and covers them with, with skins. God sends them out from the garden so that they will not eat from the tree of life that's in the garden and continue forever in this, in this state. And God puts, a, puts uh, some angels in front of the entrance to the garden so that they can never go back to Eden. There is no way back into Eden. There's only a way forward in the Bible. And, but yet our hope is in offspring. And so the Bible immediately begins to, to talk about offspring. Adam and, and Eve have such relations with each other and and Eve gives birth to a son. She's probably thinking that this is the son that maybe God's going to raise up to, to crush the serpent and take us back. And so she calls her son Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. She has another son, then Abel. And, and one day they're, they're offering sacrifices to the Lord because this is something from the beginning of the Bible that they know they're supposed to do. They're supposed to offer things to the Lord. They're supposed to love the Lord and, and worship the Lord. Even though they're on the other side of, of Eden, they're outside, they're in exile, God still cares about them and they can still relate to God. And, and Cain, his, his offering is not acceptable to the Lord. Abel's is and Cain gets jealous. And, and God comes to Cain and he says, why are you so angry? Don't just do, do the right thing. But Cain takes Abel out into the field and Cain murders his brother. You can only imagine what this does for, for uh, his parents as they think back to their decisions in the garden to rebel against the Lord and now they look at what's happening and one of their sons, their first son, is a murderer. He has ro- risen up against his brother and murdered him. God comes chasing after Cain, speaks to him, judges him, also shows him some mercy, doesn't take his life, and in fact protects Cain. But immediately we realize that this this story is not going to be a quick story. Cain turns out not to be the kind of son who could take us back to the way things used to be. He turns out to be uh, more like the serpent, more aligned with the serpent. And, and Abel, who was righteous and, and seemed to be a follower of, of the Lord, that maybe we had some hope and he's dead. And so, so where's the hope? Well, the Bible starts tracing lines because this is what... The, the Bible is on a search for offspring, the right kind of offspring, the offspring who could crush say, the serpent's head and bring us back to the way things used to be. And, and so we trace Cain's line and we find there's no hope in that line at all. Well, where is their hope? And, and Adam and Eve have another son, Seth, and then we follow that son. And that son's line is more promising. It leads us down to a guy named Lamech in Genesis 5. And, and this Lamech has a son. And this Lamech 
is holding this this boy, calls him Noah, and he says that out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one's going to bring us relief from the curse. So all our eyes are on the line of Seth, the line that leads you down to Noah. But then you come into Genesis 6 and you realize the world has been around for quite a while and it is in complete chaos. There is violence and sin and destruction everywhere. And God finally says, I'm done with this world. I'm going to destroy this world. I'm going to wipe it out with a flood. But Noah, now an older man, God finds something in Noah to, to spare Noah. Noah finds favor in the eyes of the Lord. And God says to Noah, I want you to build a boat and I'm going to spare you and your family out of all the people on the earth because I'm going to destroy everything. Noah does it. He builds the boat. And, and Noah, his wife, his three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and their wives, eight people God puts on this boat, sends rain from heaven. It's like the windows of heaven open. The floodwaters rise up and destroy every other living thing on the land, except for these eight people. They come out of the boat, and it's like they come out to a new world that's been washed clean through the waters of judgment. Our hope is in Noah. He's like a new Adam. In fact, you read the text and it's like God is saying to Noah the same things he said to Adam. And we're like, this is a guy who obeys the Lord even when everybody else doesn't. This is exactly the kind of man we need. This is the kind of guy who can overturn the curse, right? But shortly after he's out, Noah gets drunk. There's this, uh, his son, Ham, does something sinful. It's unclear in the text. And, and it's just like this, this world is the same on the other side of the, of the waters of judgment as it was before. So then we start following the lines. You have Ham, Shem, and Japheth. And, and it turns out as you, as you follow that it's going to be through Shem's line that God's going to do something. We still have to keep waiting. We have to keep looking. God has told them to spread out over all the earth, to fill it. And, and, but then you come to Genesis 11 and you realize the world doesn't want to listen to God. No, instead at Babel, the people of the, of the earth gather together to build a tower up into the heavens because they say we do not want to spread out. We want to make a name for ourselves. And so God comes down and he, and he disperses the people by confusing their languages. And, and this is judgment. That God is confusing the tongues, the languages. And, but this is how they will spread out over all the earth. And now there are many, many families all over the earth. But all our hope, all our eyes are on the line of Shem. Because God is going to have a special relationship with the line of Shem. And all of that leads you down at the end of Genesis 11 to a particular descendant of Shem, a man named Abram, who has a wife named Sarai, who for the first time in the Bible, we find out this woman is barren. She's not able to have children. But the whole Bible for 11 chapters has led you down to this son of Shem, Abram, who's married to a woman who can't have any children, even though all the hope of the world is in their offspring.